2: What's up Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. It is May 11th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you. Pretty excited because coming up on the 12th, we will find out the exact schedule of every team in the NFL. The full 17 game slate, we will know it. Uh, It's going to be a big to-do. Of course, NFL Network's going to have a big showing. ESPN's going to have a big showing. It's one of my favorite days of the year and it's so funny how the NFL is such a machine. Gets us hyped up for everything. But yeah, very excited about the 12th that will be the uh, schedule release, kind of like a party almost uh, on the TV. So excited about that, but today is still the 11th, not quite the 12th yet, but uh, we got plenty to talk about coming up on today's show. Segment number three, got your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. Been getting a lot of really good calls and really good texts, so I do appreciate that. Coming up in segment number two, gonna talk about a subject that I feel like is really on the top of a lot of Raider Nation's minds right now, and that is this Raiders defense. Have they done a Enough this offseason? Have they done enough in the draft? Have they done enough with the hiring of Gus Bradley and company, Ron Miles and Richard Smith? Have they done enough? to get that defense from where it was ranked in 2020, which was 25th, to around, I don't know, 20th, 19th, 18th, 17th, somewhere in there. Have they done enough to turn that defense around just a little bit? I'm not asking for a big-time turnaround, but have they done enough to get this defense to be respectable? Like I said, not be in the 25th range where they were in 2020, but more than 19, 18, even maybe as high as 15. Have they done enough? Or do they still need more work? We'll talk about that coming up in segment number two, talk about some numbers, talk about some stats, and just my general thoughts on what the Raiders have done this offseason as they need to improve that defense. That's a major, major sticking point if the Raiders are going to move forward and try to be a team that makes the playoffs. So we'll talk about that all coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day collected on Monday. And I'll tell you, there was a lot of little small stuff, a lot of little nuggets that we're going to have to get to here in this segment. So let's go ahead and jump right into it off top. One of the first pieces of news that was reported was defensive back Casey Hayward. He was one of the last free agents that the Raiders signed, obviously a veteran. He's a guy that knows Gus Bradley's defense, played with the Chargers the last couple seasons, and that's where Gus Bradley was the defensive coordinator. The terms of his actual contract finally came in on Monday. One year, maximum value $4 million. We knew that. The deal included a $1 million signing bonus and $1.5 million base salary fully guaranteed. So really... That is very, very minimal, and that is less than what Jeff Heath was going to make. So a lot of people wonder why Jeff Heath was immediately released after Casey Hayward was signed. Well, there you go right there. Money, money, and all at the end of the day, the almighty dollar. He's making less money than Jeff Heath, and he, I believe, is an upgrade for that secondary, the corners, being a guy that's a veteran and knows how this Gus Bradley defense runs. So that's the final numbers right there on Casey Hayward's deal. Also speaking of numbers, the Raiders rolled out a bunch of their numbers and you know the league has allowed players to change their numbers and, and go for like single digits or lower numbers and a lot of players are looking at their numbers that they had in college and are you know are starting to pick those numbers up. Well, that's not the case of the Raiders, but they did roll out a bunch of numbers that players right now have. Now these things still could change as camp goes, as players get cut, these numbers could still change, but as of right now, the one big change, defensive end Cle Furl, he was formerly number 96, he is now 99. He wore that number at Clemson. Arden Key wore it the last couple seasons and of course he was cut this offseason now as a member of the 49ers. So now, Cleve Furrell is back to wearing number 99, what he wore at Clemson. Also, defensive lineman Kendall Vickers, he was, form- he was number 91, now he's number 93 and you wonder why he made that change? Well, because free agent Yannick Ngakwe, he took number 91 and that was his number that he used to have when he was a member of the Jaguars and his whole time he's been in the league, he's been number 91 and Daniel Ross, who wore 93, Uh, he was released this season or or just wasn't brought back as a free agent so uh, Kendall Vickers goes to 93 he used to be 91 and Yannick Ngakwe takes number 91 Also, really quick, as far as numbers go, free agent numbers, tight end Nick Bowers is 82, wide receiver John Brown is 15, defensive tackle Matt Dickerson 51, cornerback Rasul Douglas is 29, running back Kenyon Drake 23, guard Markel Harrell 61, defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson is 97, safety Carl Joseph is number 43, if you remember when he was with the Raiders the first time, he was 42, he is 43. Center guard Nick Martin, 66, Uh, Ngakwe, I already told you, is number 91, defensive tackle Darius Phylon, number 96, wide receiver Trey Quinn, 14, wide receiver Willie Sneed, the fourth, 17, and defensive tackle Solomon Thomas, 92. And tight end Carson Williams closes things out with number 86. Those are all the free agents. And the rookie class has not been given their numbers yet. They'll actually get those this weekend when they arrive in Henderson. But as far as the undrafted free agents, they gave out their numbers as well. Tight end Matt Bushman is 84, cornerback Sean Crawford is 40, Running back Garrett Groschik, 46. Offensive tackle Devery Hamilton, 73. Cornerback TJ Morrison is 41. Running back Trey Ragus, 36. Linebacker Max Richardson, 54. Defensive tackle Darius Steele, 79. Wide receiver Dylan Stoner is 16. And wide receiver DJ Turner is number 19. And it looks like DJ Turner, I'm going to actually have him probably on Friday's show. That's the way it's looking right now. So you'll probably hear from wide receiver DJ Turner at the end of the week. But those are the undrafted free agent numbers. And again, the rookie class, they haven't got their numbers. They'll get them this weekend in Henderson when they arrive. And speaking of undrafted free agents, I did want to pass along a little nugget I thought was pretty interesting from Chris Trapasso, I think that's how you're saying. Trapasso, Trapasso of CBS Sports. He's talking about Darius Steels of West Virginia. Of course, he's a guy that the Raiders signed as an undrafted free agent. But uh, Chris put out a piece on CBS Sports talking about his top 10 free agent signings. Darius Steels came in seventh. He said in his two years as a full-time player at West Virginia, Steels registered nine and a half sacks and 19 and a half tackles for loss. Good numbers, right? What if I told you Steels predominantly played on the nose, especially in 2020? Super impressive. During the pre-draft process, I repeatedly mentioned on podcasts and radio spots, steels was the most agile defensive tackle prospect in this class. He tested like he plays. As a high-level athlete for an interior defensive lineman, Still, could spin inside a phone booth. For the younger readers, the dimensions of a normal phone booth on street corners back in the day was about three feet by three feet, basically super tiny. He could threaten multiple gaps regardless of where he's aligned because of his lateral juice. And he understands how to utilize pass rushing moves to beat offensive linemen. He absolutely is small for the position and not even 280 pounds, but he has the athletic gifts, plan of attack when getting upfield and the production to make a Raiders team that needs a steady one technique rusher after the release of Moe Hurst. So he came in number 7 on his top 10 undrafted free agents around the course of the league. And again, I've mentioned Darius Steele's multiple times. I'm going to try to have him on the show. If not him, I'll definitely get someone from West Virginia on to talk about him and what he brings to the table. I absolutely think this dude could be a big-time player for the Raiders. I'm not saying day one, week one, he's going to be a big-time player, but I think by the time it's all said and done, I think you'll see more production from him than you saw from Mohurst. and I think that you'll really, really like what Darius Steeles brings to the table. I'm excited about him. Again, I watched a lot of uh, West Virginia football as I cover the Big 12, and Darius Steels was a problem for everybody. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what goes. You know, the NFL's a different animal. It's not the Big 12. I get it, but this dude can absolutely go. I'm very excited about the potential that Steels brings. And my final little nugget for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast is kind of something cool about Allegiant Stadium that's going to debut in July of 2021. Las Vegas Premier Club is what they're calling it at Allegiant Stadium. It has to do with Win. It says the Win Field Club is situated at field level Spans the entire length of the North End Zone and offers ticketed guests an upgraded high energy nightlife experience in the center of the action. So, AKA, you have a club. There is a club there at the North End Zone. And I know some straight up purist football fans are going to hate it and say, oh man, you don't have a club inside a, a football field, but look, and at a football game. But look, one, you're in Vegas, and two, it's 2021. Times are changing. There's a lot of different club type scenes inside of a lot of uh, stadiums across the country. So, uh, don't worry about that. You know, all the, true Raider fans are going to be able to be in there and and give the home field advantage. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. The stadium's plenty big. I get it. It's one end zone, and it's going to be more like a club than the black hole, but it's still, it's going to be a fun experience. Uh, They say it's nearly 11,000-square-foot venue, will feature appearances by Wynn Nightlife's legendary roster of world-class DJs, premium bottle service, and over-the-top access that can only be found in Las Vegas. So look, it's an absolute 100% party an absolute club so if you want to go there and get your party on and by the way watch the football game you can i imagine that those are going to be pretty expensive seats but i I think it's going to be a lot of fun for someone who goes and experiences that square feet to be exact 10,691 it fits 719 people they have different booths 29 different booths sound system 45,000 watts two dj booths, 42 tvs video display is nine by thirty five dining tables 18 and they have four bars so if you want to talk about a club that is one hell of a club event that's going on inside Allegiant Stadium and that's going to all kick off July 21st it's called Las Vegas Premier Club at Allegiant Stadium I'm not going to lie to you Raider Nation your boy wants to check it out I definitely want to check it out man I don't know that I could spend a whole lot of time there but I do want to check it out I want to get up in there you know see just kind of you know, peruse the area. Let's just put it like that. And just see what it's all about. Uh, see how the DJs are and everything. I think it'd be a cool little, not a promotion, but a cool little event and a, and a cool little side note to what's going on on the football field as well. So, should be a lot of fun. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fans that are going to hate it, but I think it's really really cool. So, that's what Allegiant Stadium is going to have and that place is going to be packed out all the time. Please believe that. So, that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. News and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, have the Raiders done enough this offseason to improve this defense. Gus Bradley, Ron Miles, Richard Smith, all new coaches on the coaching staff, can they bring the juice with the new players that they brought in, both by free agency and the draft, to take this defense from where it was at 25th to get it around 16 or 17, 18, around that range, make the Raiders a contender for the playoffs. We'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you about BetOnline.ag fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action. They've got everything covered. I mean, obviously the NFL draft was a while back, Kentucky Derby, it's a it's a little bit up in controversy right now, but that was the first leg of the Triple Crown, so clearly there's going to be some more horse racing going on. But you got NBA, you got the NHL, you got UFC, MMA action and a whole lot more. So make sure you go on over to your laptop or your mobile device, get on betonline.ag, check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses and contest information. Get off the sidelines, actually get into the game. And for the NBA and NHL, it's playoff time. You know, this is like the last week of regular season games. So uh, as your teams prepare for a playoff run, you prepare for a playoff run. Again, go to the website, use your mobile device or your laptop, sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus when you make your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, you got to use the promo code LOCKEDON and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's on the way.
0: Every day.
2: All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked All Raiders podcast. Time to talk about the Raiders defense. Clearly, that's something that we've been talking about throughout the course of the offseason. Something I said when the offseason began that, hey, this is going to be a subject that we talk about quite a bit because that's the big elephant in the room. I know a lot of people want to just talk about Derek Carr. Some folks want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Some people want to talk about this, that, or the other. We obviously were very draft heavy leading up to the draft, but it's time to get back to the nuts and bolts of things, which is the defense. You know, the Raiders offense did pretty well could they have done better in 2020 sure they could always do better but the defense just didn't give them any kind of help and they lost a lot of games for them towards the end and I say a lot I mean like three or four games they totally lost for them at the end and even games that they won made it a lot more difficult because the defense just was not very good so I want to know and and this is really a question I'd like to throw out there as well and you can answer it on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 in your opinion do you think the Raiders have done enough for the defense this offseason to improve it and Before you answer it, let's go through some numbers. Let's talk about some things. And, you know, obviously on Monday we were talking about numbers and analytics and Warren Sharp was talking about the secondary. And, you know, there's a lot of ways you can dance things up. And I always say numbers don't tell the whole story. But some of the numbers do, you know, give you an idea, you know. And I I will say that uh, some of these numbers that I'm going to rattle off to you it will give you an idea of the Raiders' defense. And obviously as uh, diehard fans, you know, everyone watched the game, so you saw exactly how it shook out. But every number doesn't always tell the story. And I think that there's a whole lot of things you could take from that secondary conversation that we had. And, you know, you could say, okay, yeah, but. I mean, there was a time when the Raiders' uh, secondary, when their uh, passing defense was great. You know, when Namdi Asamoah was the, one of the defensive backs, he was the lockdown corner. I mean, they had a, a, a top-ranked defense as far as uh, a passing game goes, but their run game was dead last because everyone just ran and nobody could, they couldn't stop the run. And so, I mean, it was, it was deceiving. You can have a number one second ranked secondary and then all of a sudden be dead last when it comes to the run and you still stink. You know, and that was the case many, many years ago when Namdi was at the top of his game. And, uh, you know, the Raiders never thought that they'd ever be without him. And then, well, we all know how it all shook out after that. But let's get back to present day and let's talk about the defense. So in 2020, the Raiders defense total, the total defense was ranked 25th. They only had 21 total sacks led by Max Crosby, seven sacks. I look at it and say, OK, so let's, how, how do you break these numbers down? 478 total points is what the Raiders gave up in 2020. The most in franchise history, 29.9 points a game. That's 30 points per game. And I know we talked about it throughout the course of the season. That's just not healthy. You're not going to win a lot of games if you're giving up 30 points per game. So just keep that number in your head. 2013 yards rushing they gave up, 125.8 per game. So over 120 yards on the ground they gave up each and every game. That's what they need to do offensively. That's what John Gruden wants to do. He wants to rush for about 125 yards per game. He doesn't want to give up 125 per game. Passing yards, 4,212, 263.2 per game. Total yards, 389.1. So just about almost 400 yards per game they gave up. That's what a 25th-ranked defense looks like. So, how does Gus Bradley, how does Ron Miles, how does Richard Smith, the linebackers coach, the DB coach, and of course the defensive coordinator, how do they go about? fixing things. Now, we know that they brought in a lot of guys, a lot of one-year dudes. Of course, Unique Ngakwe got a two-year deal to be an edge rusher, but they brought in a lot of of one-year guys on the defensive side of the ball uh, to compete in training camp and just be a healthy rotation hopefully once they get their 53-man roster uh, locked in. And so, you know, Solomon Thomas, he's there on a one-year deal. He's going to get an opportunity at that one technique. Uh, Darius Phylon, he's there at the one technique as well. He'll be able to compete. Quentin Jefferson, he's a guy that can compete. Of course, they have uh, uh, David Irving is there, well, how much are you going to get from him? I mean, there's, there's a lot of different players that they've brought in to compete in, in training camp. Every one of these guys is not going to make the roster, but you see the kind of uh, bodies that they have in there and the fact that they saw the guys like Arden Key, saw the guys like a Mo Hurst and thought these guys aren't going to cut it. Uh, Darius Steele's, you know, defensive tackle who's an undrafted free agent. That's another guy that I think could be a player. But can Rod Marinelli, can, can Gus Bradley, can all these guys get this defense to go from 25th, which is what they were in 2020, to even 20th? 20th didn't make the playoffs in 2020, but 20th ranked defense was the Dolphins, who were a 10-win team. So even if you can move up five spots, and think about this, the Dolphins only gave up 338 total points a game. That's 21.1 points per game. So a, a touchdown, eight points. If they can find a way to shave off one touchdown per game, that puts them where you feel a lot better, give them a better chance at winning 10 games. How about this? The Browns, they were a playoff team. And they were 17th in defense, total defense. And they gave up 25 points per game. So basically, they gave up five points less than the Raiders did uh, a, a year ago and still were a playoff team and did really, really well in that tough division that they play in. You know, and the Raiders beat them. They, again, and the Raiders, that's the thing about it. The Raiders beat playoff teams in 2020, and then they lost the teams that they shouldn't have lost to. How about this? The Chiefs were 16th in total defense, and they went to the Super Bowl. Now, it's kind of hard to, to rank them as well because you know that they have the offensive firepower and Patrick Mahomes and that whole offense, so you know it's kind of different. But, look, they gave up 22.5 points per game. So if the Raiders could be around, what, 23, 24, Even if they just allowed one less touchdown per game, and I know I've had this conversation before, if they can shave off one touchdown, I don't care if you give up a bunch of yards, but when the push comes to shove, you've got to force these teams to kick some field goals instead of always cashing in and getting seven. Or... Creating a few turnovers. That's the other thing. The Raiders were very, very uh, lacking in turnovers. They did not create very many turnovers in 2020. That's another element of the game. I mean, there's teams out there that, you know, did, gave up a lot of yards, gave up a lot of points, and still when push came to shove, they still found ways to to win games because they created a bunch of turnovers. Think about this. The Chargers, where Gus Bradley came from, they were 10th in total defense. 10th. And they gave up 370 total points, which is 266 so only less, like a field goal, less than what the Raiders gave up, but they were 10th in ranked defense. Now, the offense wasn't able to, to you know, compliment them very much. They created some turnovers at the end of the game, or they, they turned the ball over at the end of the game a bunch of times that found ways to lose games. But, I mean, they were still a 10th ranked defense, and I know they got better pass rushers than the Raiders do, or they have a better rotation of pass rushers, uh, especially with Joey Bosa, and they had Melvin Ingram, and, of course, there's other cats that they have there as well. But they, they were able to be a 10th ranked defense, and still give up 26.6 points. So I don't want the Raiders to give up that many points. I mean, giving up 26, 27 points a game is still not healthy. That's not good. So that's something that Gus Bradley, that's one thing that I look at and say, uh-oh, but I do realize that, you know, the Chargers ended up punting a lot of times. I know that other teams had shorter fields a lot of times because they turned the ball over quite a bit. So, again, you can look at numbers and say, oh, this is great. This is all you got to do. But then you can look at a stat like that and see that the Chargers were 10th. But – With what they have, the the defensive guys that they brought in by free agency, the defensive guys they brought in through the draft, of course that's going to just create competition. Everyone's not going to make the team. Everyone's not going to be a big-time contributor. Some of those guys will be special teams dudes. But if he can figure out how to get that defense just to understand what they're doing, and one of the big things that, you know, I've talked about and and I've asked uh, other people that cover Gus Bradley's teams, you know, what is one of the biggest things in his defense? They don't give up big plays. They don't give up big plays. How many times did you see the Raiders give up big-time plays in 2020, how many times did that defense? You thought that hey, there was a chance that the Raiders were going to get this dub, and then all of a sudden a big play happens, and well, Miami's scoring a, a field goal to win the game, or the Chargers are getting in the end zone to win the game, or or the Kansas City Chiefs are on the last drive or getting into the end zone. I mean, there's so many times that big plays doom the Raiders. If they could just eliminate big plays, then how much better will they be defensively? If they can eliminate the big plays, I bet you they can get their points per game down just about 24. 24- not 24 points per game just by eliminating the big plays. And that's not even being a sound defense. That's just being, you know, a little bit better and making teams have to earn their way up and down the field. That's the other thing, man. When you quick strike, then boom, you're, you're out there. Defense is out there a lot. And that's one of the big problems with the Chargers as well, as I've done a little bit of research on the Chargers, what went wrong with that 10th-ranked defense. Yeah, they were really good statistically, but they ended up being on the field so long that they got wore out towards the end of the game. And then they weren't able to to shut teams down or stop teams from scoring when they had to. So you've got to have a good blend. And that's why I think that the Raiders' offense can help out. And I think that's the reason why Kenyon Drake's been brought in and a reason why Alex Leatherwood was selected because he is a good run blocker. And so that that could help with the Raiders kind of controlling the clock and, and controlling the tempo of the game. And you know that's something that John Gruden wants to do anyway. So if you can eliminate big plays and then you can also control the tempo of the game as well, now all of a sudden I feel like you've, you've kind of shaved – from 24 points, maybe you're down to that 21 points per game. That's all I'm looking at. I'm not asking them to be, you know, the, the steel curtain or some doomsday defense or the purple people eaters. I'm not looking for any of that. I'm just looking for them to be a little bit better than they were. If they can go from being 25th ranked to being even 20th ranked, I will take that. I feel like you're giving the offense a fighting chance. That's only five spots. Can Gus Bradley get it together in training camp? Can he get these guys prime, ready to go by the beginning of the season so they can be a 10-win team? And 10 wins isn't guaranteed to make it the playoffs, but... If they can get to 10 wins, I feel good about the direction that they're going. I think that this season in 2021 has to be at least a 10-win season. This one game better thing is not going to cut it. You know, the 9 and eight's not going to cut it. They've got to at least strive for double-digit wins and probably need closer to 12 to really guarantee that they make the playoffs. But I'm not, you know I mean, I'm not trying to be too greedy. I'm just asking for double-digit wins. If you can eliminate the big plays like Gus Bradley's defense usually does and you can control the tempo of the game, I think that you have a fighting chance to go and win 10 games. Is it going to be easy? No. Is there going to be a bunch of games where you're, you know, feel like a cardiac kid and you're sitting on the end of your couch. And by the time the game's over, your heart's pounding probably, but you still win games. And if you're winning games, then great. Again, man, the Browns were 17th ranked in defense. Totally. They were a playoff team and they gave up 25 points per game. Think about this. The Chargers only gave up 26.6, so just a little bit more than the Browns, but they just didn't have an offense to complement, and they weren't able to to keep the defense off the field long enough where they got worn out in the, in the games, and that's why they gave up a bunch of points. But, I mean, man, 10th-ranked defense? God, what would the Raiders have been last year with a 10th-ranked defense? And I'm not asking for them to be that. That's a huge jump. That's 15 spaces. I'm not asking for that. But, man, could you imagine if their defense was that damn good with the offense that they had last year and, and knowing that the offense could still be improved? Oh, man, look out. So, I mean, that's, that's a dream scenario for me is for them to get up there to a, a 10th-ranked defense. I'm not asking for that. I'm not, I'm not that greedy. All I want them to do is be 20th. I, I can go in baby steps. But if you get up to the 20th-ranked defense, Raider Nation, I guarantee you you win double-digit games. I guarantee you. I feel very confident in that because you won eight games and you were the 25th-ranked defense, and you gave up damn near 30 points a game, which is ridiculous. So, I ask you, after I put all those numbers out there and talk about some of, the, some of the things that Gus Bradley can do, do you think that they've done enough? What are your thoughts? Do you think that they brought in enough juice to take that next step, to be able to get to a 20th, 19th, 18th ranked defense and win double-digit games? Because that's what they're going to need to do. This, the single win wins thing is not going to work. It ain't going to matter. Eight wins ain't going to get you nowhere. Nine wins ain't going to get you nowhere. Ten wins might not get you anywhere, but at least it's a step. So do the Raiders have the juice? Have they done enough, in your opinion, to take that next step? 707-654-4693. Let me know. That's the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line. Your calls and texts are coming up next. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about rockauto.com. been telling you about them for a long time. And the number one thing about them is that they're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. What you got to do is go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they've got everything. Engine parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. You need it, they got it. It doesn't matter if your car is a classic or a daily driver. They got everything you need, a few easy clicks away, and the parts are delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's super easy to navigate. You can quickly check all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brand, specifications, and more importantly, the prices that you prefer. That's right. The prices at rockauto.com are always super low and the same for professionals as it is for do it yourselfers So why spend up to twice as much? for the same parts. Right now, you got to go to rockauto.com. Check out the parts for available for your car or truck. While you're there, there's a little box that said, how would you hear about us? You write Locked On Raiders podcast. That's how they know that I sent you. Great selection, great low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need, rockauto.com. Segment number three, it's on the way.
0: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is every day
2: here we go raider nation segment number three of today's locked on raiders podcast your calls and texts straight off that locked on raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 starting things off with cisco in the 661 he's calling to talk about the draft and give his overall thoughts on it it's a little bit of a breakdown from cisco in the 661
0: hey what's up q what's up better nation it's your boy cisco in the 661 you know uh i gave it some thought over the draft and was able to think about it and Ultimately, I, I just don't think we did very well. You know, I, I loved, the our safety pick, man. I thought, I think he's going to be great. I haven't liked one of those picks since we got Khalil Mack. Um, just the player was a need. He's a big time player and the value that we got him in the second round is awesome. Uh, Kuntz, I, was also another player that I liked. But the rest of the guys, I just, you know, based off of Jeremiah or, Mayock, the professionals, or even just stuff like player rankings online. A lot of the guys that we got, we reached on, and I don't know if we took them highly because of their pro days. But if if we're gonna reach for a player, I want to see us reach for someone who has consistent tape, not just someone who just runs fast for for an event, or you know does a lot of reps. Like we need players who could play all season long at a high level. Not that I don't like any of the players that we picked, but I think our biggest problem is just the value. We're not getting the value for the kind of players that we're getting in this draft, and I think that's what's really hurting Raider Nation, the Raiders, and I think is just really hurting you know our longevity with our rookie classes because we're not getting that value, and that's something that we really need to focus on. Like you know, we took three safeties, which is fine. You know, we released Jeff Heath. We need a safeties, but we took a safety that's gonna play a linebacker for us. Like Tanner Muse didn't pan out, and I don't know if they just didn't like his injury. But if they would have felt comfortable with their pick they made last year, they wouldn't have taken another safety to switch over a linebacker. Um, like if that's the case, just draft a linebacker. But maybe we do have one of the best DB coaches in the NFL. Um So I think if anybody could do it. It's that coaching staff. Tom Cable is high, highly regarded in Raider Nation. Our whole offseason was kind of based off what Tom Cable could do. So we'll see what our first rounder, we'll see if he could pan out. You know, we all know that was kind of a reach. But, yeah, just overall, man, I the value is not where I like these draft picks were at. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady was a six-round pick, and he's the GOAT. So as long as these players could – Play, ball out, pro bowl, hall of fame, doesn't matter what round you're, take, you're, you're picked on. So if it works, you look like a genius. If, if these players don't pan out, Mayox fired. So we just gotta see when the season starts.
2: There he is, Cisco on the 661 talking about the draft. And thank you for the call, my man. And look, we could talk about the players all day long, every day. Ultimately, none of us are really going to know what the Raiders have until we see how the team plans on using these guys and just basically how they fit in with the squad. There's certain guys I'm excited about, like Trayvon Merrick, I'm very excited about. I think he's going to be a dog on that back end. But again, until we actually see it we really won't know and basically as far as if I'm understanding your call correctly your biggest complaint is just the value of the picks and that's a very valid argument because again you keep talent on your team by drafting really good players you keep the cabinet full Uh, I don't think the Raiders are in the position yet where they could just continuously just take best player available best player available best player available and just reload 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 because there's so many needs so when they went into this draft they didn't have the luxury of just being able to go and get the best player available in in theory it would be a great idea but you saw that they targeted certain guys so that obviously means that they moved up and they're addressing certain needs instead of just going and getting certain guys because they're really really talented but that's what they really had to do this year because they had to give Gus Bradley an opportunity you heard what I talked about segment number two they had to give him an opportunity to get this defense turned around so thank you so much for that call appreciate you next up I got a text from Avant Raider remember Avant back in the day remember the R&B singer Avant Back in the day when I did uh, turn off the lights, man, that was one of my favorite. That was one of my go-to guys, Avant. That was a bad dude right there. Anyway, this is Avant Raider. He's texting in saying, Avant Raider here from the beta L.A. Just want to thank you for not wasting our time with the Aaron Rodgers reporting. A quarterback's preferences and aspirations ain't really news, even an MVP it's sports radio nonsense. With all the draft news to unpack, this Rodgers stuff is a distraction. Enjoying the getting-to-know shows. Appreciate the show. It's a big part of my day. Keep educating and hipping the people up on game. That's a Avant Raider, and yeah, no doubt about it, we've talked about Rodgers briefly just a couple times here and there with questions that have been asked, and I just kind of feel like that's low-hanging fruit. It's too easy to talk about that just because the Raiders were named uh, as one of the teams that he would like to go to. First of all, the thing about Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, so Green Bay could send him anywhere they wanted to if they wanted it It doesn't matter where he wants to go. And second of all, I just feel like the Raiders name gets added to everything anyway, just to make the story that much better. So yeah, man, we're going to focus on what we could talk about now, when June first comes up, if Green Bay says, "Hey, we're going to trade Aaron Rodgers and he's going to Denver or he's going to Las Vegas," then we'll have a conversation. But right now, it's all a bunch of speculation, and I'm not really into all that speculating stuff. So that's that's going to be the end of that. Thank you for that text. Appreciate you. Next up is a call from Chef Raider in the eight six zero. He's calling to talk about Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers, and has a question about the teams in general. Here he is, Chef Raider in the eight six zero. What's
1: going on, Q? What's going on, Raider Nation? It's your boy Chef Raider, eight six zero. So I had a quick question for you guys, and it's, it's revolving around the Aaron Rodgers, um, Derek Carr situation, trade situation. So my question to you is this, and this is what I've been thinking about, you know, ever since, you know, the, uh, the trade was proposed. So my question to you is this, quarterbacks aside, take both Rodgers and Carr out of the equation. Who is the better team right now? Is it the Packers or is it the Raiders? Now, for me, I believe that the Packers are a better all-around team, hence why, you know, they ended up in the playoffs last year, so on and so forth. So if the Packers are a better team right now with Aaron Rodgers, and the Raiders aren't as good of a team as the Packers are with Derek Carr, why would anyone think that trading, putting Rodgers on the Raiders would make the Raiders that much better? If he didn't go to the Super Bowl last year with what is a more talented team, especially on defense, why would he take the Raiders to a Super Bowl? I mean, maybe I'm wrong for that, you know, that train of thought, but, you know what I'm saying, help me out with that one, guys. Like, what do you think? You know what I mean? Like, do you think that Aaron Rodgers automatically makes the Raiders a, a playoff team? I don't. But, again, that's one man's opinion. All aha, right, last holla at y'all. Peace.
2: There he goes, Chef Raider in the eight six zero. And it's funny, as soon as we start talking about not talking about Aaron Rodgers, that's when we start getting calls and texts about Aaron Rodgers. But anyway, good question that Chef Raider threw out there. Obviously, the easiest way to answer is that Aaron Rodgers makes any team better. Any team that he's on, he makes a lot better. Now, the thing I say about it is uh, the Raiders would have to give up so much for him, or any team that goes and gets him would have to give up so much for him. Does it really make that team that much better? You know what I mean? Like, that's my biggest thing. Even Denver. If Denver was to go give get him, what would they have to give up? Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, a couple first-round draft picks. I mean, then all of a sudden, who are you throwing them to? You know, who's he throwing the rock to? So there's so many questions. You can always say it'd be great to fantasize and have a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and it'd be the same Tom Brady effect that Brady had on Tampa Bay. The difference is Tom Brady was a free agent and went to Tampa Bay. They didn't have to trade for him. If you got to trade for a dude like Rodgers, you're going to give up the farm no matter what. So, yeah, in theory, it would be great to see Aaron Rodgers you know in the silver and black or any other team would love to have Aaron Rodgers because he's an elite quarterback but if you have to give up the farm just to get him then you're back at square one so that's that's why uh I I don't believe anything is in the work for for the Raiders for sure uh Denver I'd I'd be skeptical on I think he remains in Green Bay to be 100% honest for you so uh, there you go appreciate you Uh, Got a text from J.C. Raider from Southern Cali. Hey Q, this is J.C. Raider from Southern Cali. You mentioned that the Raiders are receiving a six-round compensatory pick for Tack, but what about Mohurst and Arden Key? They were picked up before the deadline, right? Thanks for all you do. Stay up 100. J.C. Raider from Southern Cali. And yeah, I did mention a six-round pick. That's that's what they're estimated to get. You know, I want to make sure that I uh, clarify that. It's not 100% set in stone, but because of Tack McKinley, they are set to receive a six-round draft pick. They won't receive anything from Mohurst and Arden Key because they weren't free agents. They released those guys they let them go when you let them go that's not part of the equation now if they're free agents and they walk that's different but mohurst and arden key both had a year left on their deal so they cut them so they didn't they don't they don't qualify for the compensatory formula so right now if all stays status quo the raiders will receive one extra compensatory pick that'll be a six rounder in 2021 and that'll be because of tack mckinley a guy who never even saw the field for the raiders so you know basically they bought a six round pick so there you go uh there's that i got time for one more call we're close things out with Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to talk about a few items, including Aaron Rodgers and the fact that we aren't talking about him, and also Gus Bradley's defense and what they don't do, which is give up the big plays. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon.
3: Hey, what's going on, Q? It's Jordan in Oregon. Great podcast Monday. Uh, Just kind of getting caught up on a few of them there. um, As uh, one of the callers and yourself have pointed out, I kind of appreciated the fact you hadn't had a special uh, podcast or special uh I don't know segment dedicated to anything with Aaron because everything's just kind of speculation right now and and uh I appreciate that. You know, you're not trying to report something, you know, just just out of out of you know, thin air. You you want to have some substance before you're gonna put it out there. Right now there really <clears throat> isn't much substance to it. But uh anyway, Q I you said, and I've been doing a little digging and looking at some stats and stuff from some of Bradley's defense, and you kind of said something that, that struck a, a chord with me because I've been thinking the same thing, is, is uh, Bradley's defense, you know, uh, just not giving up that big play. Like, in other words, um, you know, their their defense ha- has some strong areas, or the Bradley's defense over the years, whether it was Seattle you know, or the Chargers, there's, he definitely has some some strong areas, but one thing I'd say that's been, like, kind of one of the common themes on them all is, uh it's just not giving up, like, big, big chunk plays, they, you know, they've been known to be kind of middle of the pack on a lot of categories, but one thing is, they don't seem to, to just have, like, those mental lapses where, you know, end of the game, and, and you give, like, a 50-yard play up to, to kick the field goal or something to win it, so... I just, that little nugget kind of got me thinking, like, dang, you know, how many times would that have been handy with these last, like, you know, few regimes and even the last decade of the Raiders? Like, how many times can you remember them? Like, oh, we we might have the win in our hands and, like, oh, just like a dagger. You know, I think it was about three times last year alone. And so just off of, of some sort of busted defensive play or, whether you know what whatever that ended up being, that just there's there's just so many times we can all think back of that that was like the problem, and and winning maybe a close game was just not giving up that huge play. So I'm stoked about that. That just means a more disciplined defense. Um, pretty excited uh, about like the idea of having a disciplined defense because for so long this defense to me has felt like the players that have come in have always had to transition from a couple different schemes. And a lot of players, you know, bounce from two, three different coordinators. And there's just really hasn't been any good continuity there. And so I'm excited to hear that his scheme is something that that a lot of veterans that have played in seem to think that younger guys can pick up pretty fast and, and hit the ground running. But anyway, Q, appreciate you, man. Have a great week. Good job,
2: bro. So there he goes, Jordan in Oregon. And yeah, man, the lack of big plays given up in Bradley's defense is huge. That is key. I mean, that's going to be one big elephant in the room that the Raiders need to eliminate is giving up the big plays. If he can figure out how to do that, like I mentioned in segment number two, that's already getting your defense, making your defense a lot better. If you eliminate the big plays, man, I think you go from giving up 29 points per game or 30 points per game to about 24, which is an improvement. Now, you still need to improve better. You still need to, I think, get up to around 21 points per game. But either way, uh, having a disciplined defense and just being able to trust what you see in front of you and not allowing it to get behind you, that's exactly how Gus Bradley's defense is designed. And if they have a healthy dose of the run game, they'll be able to do that. Again, something I was talking about in segment number two, controlling the clock and eliminating the big plays will go big, will go a long way for this Raiders defense moving forward. So we'll see. If they have the run game to control the clock and if they can eliminate the big plays, that'll be a big, big deal. So thank you so much for that. Appreciate all the feedback on today's show. Would love to get feedback on the question that I asked in segment number two about have the Raiders done enough this offseason? Have they given Gus Bradley and company enough weapons to make that defense take that jump from 25th rank to 20, 19, 18th rank and uh, eliminate about six or seven points per game off their, uh, their total average? Have they done that Hit me with some feedback on that, 707-654-4693. Appreciate all the love on the show. Uh, appreciate anyone who reaches out and, and talks about the show or asks a question about the show. It is all good. It looks like Apple is actually getting back to being on, on point again and not being crazy like it's been the last couple of weeks. Uh, you never know. If, if you ever have a problem, though, you could always go to the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Uh, they have the show each and every day. Of course, Spotify as well or wherever else you find your podcast. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, be good. Take care of your family. Love on your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.